When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's going on? Jermaine Johnson tuning in to Turn On The Jets podcast. Hey, this is Vinny Pasquantino of the Kansas City Royals. Make sure you tune into the Turn On The Jets podcast. everybody welcome back to the turn the jets podcast i'm your host will parkinson at will 11 on twitter instagram and tiktok fresh off an exciting draft weekend no better way to kind of uh to bring in a nice uh nice exciting guest someone that we've been talking a little bit about coming on the pod for a while now lincoln thomas and jets starting left guard lincoln how are we doing today man i'm doing great man thanks for having me on yeah i mean i'm excited obviously uh we were just kind of joking about off air draft weekend is is exciting seeing all these reactions um if you haven't already, it's not a Jets related thing. Go watch the Deuce Vaughn video of his dad getting to make a call to his son, getting able to coach him again, which is insane. Um, you know, I think that's anyone could dream of that that happening. Um, but obviously, I guess we'll start with kind of present day and then work our way back here. Um, kind of crazy last week, you know. <laughs> the Jets uh, obviously trade for Aaron Rodgers. I know it's been rumored for a while, and obviously, you know, you guys are you're in and around the facility. What's it, what's it been like, A, when you found out you were going to get to play with them, and then B, how has it been the last week with just so much craziness in, in May, which never really happens? I mean, quite honestly, I mean, it's been awesome. I mean, just to have uh, Aaron Rodgers there um, working with him. Uh, right now we transition into phase two, just having him in the huddle, talking to us, talking to the guys. Uh, it's been really, really cool, man. It's just so cool just to have, you know, a uh, player to come in like that and have that uh, direct impact on the players around him. It's, it's really cool, man. Uh, a lot of positive vibes right now in the facility, and uh, we're rolling with it, man. Yeah, obviously, it's something that, um, you know, obviously, you've been, you know, in different places throughout your career. You've kind of got to be in a pretty similar system, moving from San Francisco to the Jets. Now, you know, it'll probably change a little bit, but having a quarterback come in, normally when a quarterback comes in, it's a new system. There's so much terminology, and it's probably a little different having almost like you're kind of running the Aaron Rodgers system. So it's going to be, I mean, it's very similar, obviously in a lot of senses, the principles seem very similar. Is that something that's going to be help you guys kind of be able to get, to, get off to a fast start this year, knowing somewhat similar systems, but you've had, you have guys in the huddle and Alan Lazard and Aaron Rodgers that know this system, know terminology, know how Nate Hackett works. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, just having all those parts together, obviously with coach Hackett and you know, working with Aaron Rodgers in the past, um, obviously having Lazard guys have worked with them in the past, um, having those guys around is definitely going to help us, uh, kind of, uh, encode, uh, the, the, what we're learning right now in phase two. Um, and, and man, just, uh, going over some of the stuff, man, I think it's going to be really, really good for us. 
uh, this coming season, man. Um, everyone, right now, we're just kind of focused on everyone, just like obviously studying, getting on the little stuff down, the communication stuff down. Uh, very important for us right now to just kind of, you know, meet together, especially the offensive line, just meet together and just like kind of, you know, um, learn the ins and outs of uh, everything in the playbook right now. Yeah, it's something last year that was obviously very difficult. There was a lot of moving pieces. It felt like every week there was a different five starters, um, you know, between Dwayne Brown and Makai getting hurt early on in camp. And then, you know, AVT gets hurt. It's like you and Connor kind of <laughs> were there. And then every other uh, Max Mitchell gets hurt as the, the blood class. Like there was just so much going on. How difficult was that last year, just from a perspective of the chemistry and cohesiveness of, I know where you're going to be, you know where I'm going to be, all these different things. Was that was that probably one of the most challenging parts of last year um, as, a, as a group? I mean, definitely. I think we were plagued with the injury bug a little bit. Um, I mean, uh, it just kind of like stayed in our room for a majority part of the season. And um, it, it is kind of hard, you know, not having you just the, you know, um, uh, the same group of guys consistently out there. Um, but it the way that we fought through that season, man, kudos to everyone who, who bought in, man, because obviously when you see, uh, you know, a line like that going into a season early in the season, have injuries like that, you know, usually you, you don't win games. We we're, were fortunate enough to win some games uh, early in the season. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see, you know, you got a lot of guys coming back. You got, you know, the AVTs of the world that are not, obviously they're very different injuries, lower body injuries. But Kai Becton is a guy that showed a lot of flashes as a rookie, obviously gets hurt last year. I know it's like fun on Twitter and things like that, but have you been really impressed with just like, I feel like him becoming a dad, he's training up here now. There's been a lot of growth. And I feel like he's a guy that could play a crucial role, um, you know, here in 2023 for you guys. Uh, you talking about AVT and Makai? No, AVT and Makai, yeah. Just coming back from injury and being able to, they both feel like it's like them ready to go, adding to what you guys already have would oh, be yeah, a yeah. huge, huge piece. Oh yeah. Just having those guys as part of the room is going to bolster our line. I mean, uh, a lot. I mean, uh, obviously, you know, Makai's looking great, man. He's looking great, feeling great. Uh, he's working out, man. And, you know, he's become like a, you know, like a, a workout advocate for, you know, a lot of people I've seen on uh, Twitter um, and uh, just seeing every T and talking to him and um, having those guys around and, you know, talking to those guys, man, it's really, really good. And just having them being in a good mental space, especially at work, man, it's going to be, it's going to be so good for us. And, you know, obviously, you know, guys with uh, talent like those guys, you know, Mikai's a monster in the field, big guy and uh, ABT to be in the ability is so versatile and being able to play multiple positions at a high level, you know, having those guys is it's special for our room. And um, so, I mean, obviously, you know, uh, expecting to count on those guys a lot this, this season, man. Yeah, no. So obviously the Jets draft the center uh, and Joe Tipman out of Wisconsin in round two, He's very uniquely sized, right? Like a 6'6", 315-pound center. It's just – it's very rare you see it ever, let alone um, the way he's able to kind of bend and, and get out and pull and things like that. Usually you see that more from a guard or tackle. I don't know how much you've gotten to watch him or whatever. Just What were your impressions even on draft weekend seeing, wow, we drafted a center that's literally the same size as, as our left tackle? Man, I, I, I saw that too, and I was like, man, I need to go watch some highlights. Luckily, uh... God. <laughs> Uh, you know, our front office, they put out the highlights for him, too. I see kids are mauler, man. Oh, my God. I can't wait to get him in the building, man. Having someone like that in the room is going to be really good for our room, man. And just seeing, the, you know, just the, the highlights they put up already. I mean, I mean, the guy, the guy is going to fit in real well here, man. The guy is going to be able to finish, uh, come in every day and work his tail off. We, we, we love guys like that. Yeah, it's interesting to see, you know, in this last thing on the draft, it was kind of interesting to see 
usually don't see a lot of local kids and the Jets end up bringing in, you know, Carter Warren, who's 15 yeah, minutes in the facility and was yeah. like in tears. And then, um, you know, Izzy and like, he's from, he's from Brooklyn. It was like a little New York, New Jersey love. I was, I was pretty excited about that just because New York's a little bit of a different attitude. And I feel like people that are from here kind of, you know, it means a little bit more sometimes to those guys, a little swagger. Oh, trash no, that's, that's really cool, man. Obviously you have those local guys around here too. I mean, it's, it's really cool uh, for New Jersey and for Brooklyn as well, man. Uh, you know, I'm excited for those guys to get in here, man. Hopefully they can uh, show me a little bit more around Jersey and stuff like that. Take me out to Brooklyn. I, you know, I, I got a lot of Jamaican family out there in Brooklyn I hadn't seen yet. So I'm trying to get out that way, man. I was just going to say, I know well, well, I was going to usually do this at the end, but we would obviously come here. You've been here for, you know, I guess, what, 13, 14 months now. Any any food spots, any any pizza, bagels, Jamaican food, uh, like Italian? Is there anything you've uh, gotten a little chance to to grab that uh, that stood out to you? I've heard a lot oh, of catch, man. a lot of catch, a lot of STK, Carbone. It's like a lot of the yeah, same answers. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm not gonna lie. Uh, to be honest, uh, one of the best places I've been kind of blew my mind. Really, was this place called Sushi by Bull. It it was really it was so so good, man. One of the best sushi I've ever had. All right, so there we got, go. You have to gotta check that out, man. Yeah, it's no, really I know. Cool. I got a couple. There's a couple of them in uh, New York. So one of them in Hoboken too. Ah, right, nice. Yeah, well, I'll have to check that out. Now, everyone always gives the same, uh, the same, same pizza and uh, and steak places. Um, obviously, you know, we mentioned you know getting here. You've been here for you know this year, going to your second season here. You've changed teams before, but obviously, what was it like coming to? Was it kind of last year what you expected? And how did how did everything kind of shake out last year for you? You know, obviously. The season was a lot of ups and downs. It started really hot, obviously. Uh, things at the end kind of, you know, tapered off. But what was your first year like being a Jet, transferring from, you know, coming from a team who, you know, was in Super Bowl contention in the Super Bowl to a team that hasn't been in the playoffs in 11, 12 years? Like, what was that kind of like, you know, as a whole and just being in, in this area? Man, honestly, you know, initially I was, ex I mean, super excited to be here. Um, obviously, with the season, how it went, you know, uh, lots of ups and downs, a lot of ups and downs, injuries and stuff like that. But one thing that I took away from last season, man, was that everyone fought, fought every game, man. Everyone came out, everyone played for each other. Everyone loves each other, you know what I'm saying? So uh, when you have that, just, you know, as a part of your DNA for a team, you, you'll be surprised at what you can get out of the individuals that are part of that team, man. And uh, so that, that's, the, that's the formula that we have here right now. And obviously making, um, uh, adding key pieces in the draft and obviously with uh, free agency and, you know, getting Rogers and everything um, and having that uh, formula already part of our foundation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's good. No, it's exciting. Yeah, man. Yeah, I, it's I, exciting. I try not to be too, um, you know, psyched up about it, but let's just say, uh, you know, a lot of guys, uh, you know, uh, a new level of motivation. You can see it in a lot of guys eyes in the running building and uh, man, it's, it's, it's real, man. It's real. Yeah, so obviously, you know, fans look at things like, oh, you acquire an Aaron Rodgers, you guys are, you know, you have a lot of veterans like yourself, a CJ Mosley, people that have kind of been there, been in the playoffs, understood what it takes to try to get to the top there. And then you've got your young guys and, you know, your Garrett Wilsons and, and Brees Halls and all these different guys that obviously have already won awards and done a lot of stuff in a year, but have not yet been to the kind of even been to that kind of playoff football. Is it? Do you guys talk a lot about that as a, as a group, as a, not just an offensive line or an offense, just as a team of these are where our goals are. And like, we should be, we want these expectations. We want to be, we want people to have, you know, the eye on us. Is that, that's something you guys talk about. I know some teams like to shy away from it. Other teams are like, no, like bring it on, let's go. Like, are you guys, which, how does that kind of shake out for you guys? 
I mean, uh, I mean, I like to speak for myself, you know what I'm saying? Um, you know, I talk to a lot of the young guys, especially like G dub, obviously being an offensive rookie player of the year, um, you know, talk to him and, you know, kind of have him reflect on his season. You know, it was like, look, you know, you had a great season last year. I've never seen a rookie an offense, offensive side of the ball play as, uh, play as well as he had. And, you know, in my eighth year, ninth, coming on my ninth year playing in the league. And, um, now I, ch I challenge him. I challenge him. I was like, look, man, like, can you take it to the next level? You know, uh, you have your, your compadre on the other side of the ball sauce. And he's, he's talking about his goals and you should be voicing your goals as well, man. What do you have for, what expectations do you have for yourself? Because you're not a rookie anymore. You know, you have these guys coming in the draft class behind you and you know, they're going to be looking at you and an example. Uh, what kind of example can you set for those guys? Cause you've done it. You've done it last year. You wanted the best rookie to ever play the game. Now, how are you going to set, set the tone for those guys coming in? Yeah. So I, so I, I, I challenge those guys, man. I talk to those guys, man. And, you know, just trying to give them some game, you know what I'm saying? Cause you know, I've been, I've seen a little bit of football and I'm just trying to share whatever knowledge I got. Yeah. It's a, it's a horrible, it's a horrible saying, but people around the NFL know the second you walk in that building, when you're drafted or you get signed the first time they're trying to replace you. Cause second oh, they yeah. got to pay you. It's always, you get to put up or shut up. Right. Cause I mean, unfortunately that's the business and you know, it's a great game and we all love it, but it's just the truth um, of the NFL. Obviously we talked a little bit about draft weekend you're going to year eight or year nine. Take me back to draft weekend. You know, were you expecting to go in round one? Were you like floored? What were the emotions like? Wow, like, you know, Duke guy coming in. <laughs> now you're going to Detroit. Like, what was that like? <laughs> so, so here, here's, here's kind of like my draft story a little bit. So, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't know I wanted to play in the NFL until, uh, you know, I was at Duke. Um, you know, I think it was my redshirt sophomore year and, uh, my coach, David Kukla, uh, he used to have, uh, Peyton and Eli Manning come train. So I just remember one time I was leaving practice early to go, uh, take a test or something. And, uh, Peyton was in the locker room and, you know, uh, just walking by him, he, he looked by and said, Holy moly. I would like for you, I'd like for someone like you to block for me one day. I said, Oh my God, I can't believe I just got that compliment <laughs> yeah. from uh, a Hall of Famer, you know, you know what I'm saying? And when he told me that, that kind of gave me some confidence, you know, the next couple of years, um, they told me like, hey, you have a chance to to play in the league, Marisha junior year. And, you know, if you declare for the draft, you might have a chance to get drafted. At the time, I was, you know, hell bent on getting my degrees and uh, finish up my pre-med requirements. So, and I kind of like bet on myself. I was like, you know what? I'm not going to go for any if, ands, or buts. I'm going to, you know, play my last year, give the college what I, what I own. And, you know, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. And, you know, if I have an, another successful season, I'll probably go higher. So I played that my redshirt senior year and, um, you know, everything went well, played great, got invited to the senior bowl, uh, went there, uh, did great, uh, combine pro day. And then, um, you know, I was fortunate to get invited to the draft. Uh, which was uh, actually in my hometown, Chicago. And, um, you know, just to get to getting that invite alone, I was like, oh, my God, like, you know, having an opportunity to be, just be up on stage and kind of represent everyone in my city, everyone who really believed in me. And uh, quite honestly, like, I had a, yeah, I had a feeling, that I, I had a, just a possibility that I was going to get drafted first round, but a lot of people were saying second round. Or, uh, but I was like, you know what, you know, whatever happens, happens, you know, um, 
I, I feel good about myself, you know, going in the first round and, you know, but whoever take me, I'm going to, you know, just give, give them everything I got. Um, I had no idea I was going to go to Detroit, to be honest, until the, until they called me, uh, they had, they gave nothing away. <laughs> and uh, when I got that call, man, I was, I was so surprised. Cause I, I was, you know, thinking like late, late first, maybe sneaking the late first, maybe, but they gave me a call, man. And honestly, that changed my life forever, man. Cause you know, uh, growing up in, you know, I'm from Jamaica, growing up in Jamaica, my mom came here. She's a single mom of four kids. And just to be able to give him that, uh, financial security was, you know, like kind of the, the best thing I could do for my family. So, um, when I got drafted, man, it was a truly a magical moment for me, uh, being drafted in my hometown, being able to represent my high school and, uh, everyone that supported me throughout the years. It was, it was truly magical. I had everyone in the draft room with me. Coach Cut was with me. My mentor, Bob Sperling was with me. You know, it was, it was awesome, man. Yeah, no, I mean, at the draft party, hopefully a little oxtail, a little jerk chicken got, uh, got, got yourself right. Um, no, that's, it's awesome. And it's, it's something that's, I think people, I think that's, I, like we talked about it, you know, before we started recording, that's my favorite part of draft weekend is people, whether mm -hmm. you're going around one, whether you're an undrafted guy, just trying to get an invite to rookie weekend. Right. It's just a special, special moment. Um, you know, I wasn't fast enough, so I uh, didn't get the call, but here we are. Uh, mm -hmm. we'll, we make it work, but, um, obviously, you know, you kind of been, you know, multiple places now, but you got to, you know, be about to play in a Super Bowl in San Francisco. What was that? What was that experience like of just being able to play in a Super Bowl? Is that something that it kind of drives you now? Obviously, you know, you've got you've gotten paid, you've been in the league. Like, is it now? It's like I want to go. I need to go win a Super Bowl. Like, that's literally all that I care about. You need to go win a Super Bowl, man. And obviously, you know, um, uh, playing that game, uh, the 2019 season. Um, you know, everything that, you know, the team went through that year and everything we sacrificed you know, to get to that point and, you know, it's just come up a little bit short, man, it, it just leaves a, a different type of hunger, you know, uh, it's like a different type of hunger in your soul, man. And that's what's kind of been pushing me these, these last couple of years, man, because I want to do everything I can to get back to, to that, to that, the, to that platform, to that promised land and, you know, hopefully take home a trophy this time. So, <laughs> um that's that's what i'm playing for man uh you know once because you've seen i've seen teammates go on and win super bowls and um i'm very happy for them but still man that hunger in my soul just never is just never fading and you know um every year i i watch the super bowl and and you know i i think back in 2019 i was like man you know uh how truly special it really is to just get the opportunity to play in that game because it's really the best of the best for that year. And um, man, I'm doing everything I can to help my team get back. Everything I can to help my team get back, man. Yeah, I That's wanted to cool. kind of ask, I wanted to ask you about that actually, because obviously each year, the way you rebuild, everyone has rebuilds their body, everyone's training regimen. Does it change for you year to year? Or like, do you just make, is it like a subtle tweak every year or every year you're going back and like, I need to do everything differently. Like, how does that work? Obviously I know, I just get to your garage or wherever you you grind and uh, grind on Instagram. It's like, yeah, how's man. That work? I got a little, I got a little home gym right now. I, I can say I perfected my home gym this, <laughs> this off season. Um, but every year, obviously there's different things to work on. You know, you, you play, um, you know, 17 games uh, in, in, the, in the NFL and, you know, you never know what kind of nicks and bruises you, you might have coming in January, you know, uh, or, or February, wherever time you get off in the playoffs. Um, 
So you work on that first, obviously, but then you go back to the basics. So I start back from square, square one, man, you know, squatting 135 pounds, working on my techniques to, you know, uh, ramping my way up to March. So I still have the same program, but uh, the beginning of each, each off season, I, I try to, you know, work on anything that I was weak on during the season and made that my strength. You know what I'm saying? And then uh, once I ha once I transform that into my strength, then I work on everything, my overall strength and how I can make myself the prime uh, tip top shape coming into OTAs, tip top shape coming into training camp and do what you lead on to the season and, you know, and late in the season as well. Yeah. So I want to ask you a couple of things. One, Quentin Williams is a guy that I mean, talked a little bit about sauce and Garrett coming in. Quentin's a guy, top three pick. Had some nice moments his first couple of years. I felt like everyone was like one. There was like 20% left that it was like he needed just to like put it all together. And last year he did. Obviously, it was the viral clip during, you know, camp. You guys working during one Jets drive or whatever. It's flight 23 or whatever the fuck it is now. I don't know what they're going to name it this year. But regardless, <laughs> um, how good is he? Obviously, you've gotten to go against, you know, probably the best of all time or one of the two or three best of all time twice a year in San Francisco. Not to mention the guys that you had on your own team in San Francisco, which are dogs, if anyone's not familiar with the you know, force Buckner and these guys. Mm -hmm. um, how good is Q? Like, I, I think defensive line, like guard and defensive tackle, he's in the interior. If you don't love, love ball, it's really hard to like play to play to kind of be engaged on it. Um, how good is he? <laughs> I guess point blank. I mean, Q is, Q is really, really, really good. Really, really, really good, man. He, he really came, came into his shell last, last year, man. And I'm so, I'm so happy for him. You know, I played against him before 2020 season when I was with the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, that, that, and, was a, uh, that was a tough game for yeah, Jets fans. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 uh, I, I, I watch, I go back and watch that game, man. And just like, going against him and what he, what he was then and, in who he is now he's made leaps and bounds when it comes to taking care of his body obviously staying on the field and playing um uh, but but he's like his his talent is you feel like he's already like more talented like he's increased his talent level he increased his strength he's uh, obviously man uh, so so damn strong <laughs> he's so damn strong man but uh no man q really came to himself last year man and i'm so happy i was able to help him whatever way I can, man, obviously he did all the hard work himself, but, uh, I, I was happy to be a good teammate for him, man. And, you know, uh, obviously I will try to continue that this year as well, man. Cause you know, uh, I, I believe man, like last year, you know, even before the season started, I was like, look, bro, you're, you're, you're going to be, you're all, you're a pro bowl caliber player. And he took that one step further. He was a all pro caliber player, man. And I, I, I feel like he can definitely continue that for years to come for sure. Yeah. For sure. He's still young, very young, talented player man and, and and he's still he's still hungry man he's wanting to go prove himself one of the best in the league if not yeah. the best in the league look Aaron Donald's not gonna be around forever uh, on the football field so someone's gonna have to take that crown uh, mm -hmm. from him you obviously worked with Rob you know you with Robert Sala in San Francisco uh, amongst you know a lot of the other Niners staff which some of them are not here anymore so we're not going to get into that but um, now you've seen him as a head coach defensive coordinator Everyone you ask, every single other player that I've had on the pod says the same stuff. Just an elite communicator. He's like a normal dude, but he's like obviously a maniac and two percent body fat and looks like the Hulk. Is that is that him in a nutshell? Like what makes him so special? Because even Aaron Rodgers, who doesn't know Salah that well, has never worked with him. All his entire introductory press conference is a lot of great, you know, love the respect people have for Salah. Like, I feel like league wide, there's just this respect level 
for him. That's pretty rare. Honestly, I don't think people talk a lot about opposing coaches like that, unless you've, you know, you're a Belichick or Kyle or some of these guys that have you know been in multiple Super Bowls. Right. I mean, obviously, you know, just the way he handles the, you know, the, the, the team in the locker room, man, uh, obviously a great communicator. Uh, he's very upfront with everyone, but, uh, but he's very direct though, you know, what he wants to see out of uh, each and every player. And um, when you have that at a coach, a coach is able to set that uh, standard for the, for the locker room and create a, a positive work environment for those guys, man. It's, I don't know what you call it. You call it like a, you know, like a vibe. He creates a really great vibe for the guys that come in and it's kind of, it's contagious, man. And, you know, when, when I, when I got in, you know, obviously, you know, moving teams, you know, uh, that's the first thing I look for. I was like, wait, what's the vibe of this team? And when I, when I saw that, it's kind of the same thing, you know, when these defensive players over there were in San Francisco, I mean, the vibe is the exact same, all gas, no breaks, man, we're going to be the one of the most physical, violent MF and team out there, man. And when I saw that, I was like, yep, same solid, man. And, <laughs> It's it's awesome. It's awesome just seeing seeing them over the years, man. Because obviously I've been with them four years in San Francisco, and now my second year here with the Jets. Um, it's the same guy, man, and it, I'm super appreciative of that because he's staying true to who he is as a coach, and he's staying true to the players as well. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see now that you know the more that you guys are gonna be on prime time. And I wanted to ask you about that because fans love prime time. Um, Obviously, there's different forms of prime time. There's obviously the 425 slot, and then there's you know Thursday, Sunday night, Monday night. Right, right. Apparently, you're gonna have six prime time games. I ask you this because there's a lot of debate of like, is it actually a good thing? Like, I, I think people go back and forth. Some people love the traditional one o'clock game on the East Coast, right? You everyone, you know, Jets fans have the Jets game on, Red Zone on the other TV, your beers and wings and all that stuff. But some people love or dying for that Sunday night, Monday night game. Obviously, you played in prime time. You played in the one o'clock, four o'clock. Like, is there a slot that you enjoy playing more? Is it is that kind of is it tough to play on prime time sometimes? Wait until eight o'clock at night and things like that. Or it's like, come on, man, we're in front of millions of people. What are you talking about? I can tell you this: there is nothing more special than winning prime time games, man, because everyone in the league is watching, and you get to put your best film on tape. So, I mean, prime time games, man, you get to it's it's the best time. It's the best time to play, and it, for me. Because you get to, you, everyone's watching. Everyone's, everyone's already done. Everyone's going to be watching your game, and you're the only game on. So, I, I, I love those games, man. I, I really do. Yeah, no, I, I, I look. I'm a big proponent of it. I think if you're scared of playing on prime time and losing, that's on you. That um, you can't have that mentality. Last couple quick things here. One. The debate on the jerseys is popular amongst the Jets fans. Everyone wants new jerseys, new logo, new everything. Michael, Michael Carter won himself over just saying he liked it. He would like a different logo. Um, he liked the old, the night, like the Kelly green eighties and early nineties logo. Do you like the Jets jerseys? Like why? I feel like fans like hate them more than the players do. They do. I, 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 no, I they just don't like, they don't like the green one for some reason. They're not a big fan of the green one. I this is news to me. I've never even heard of this. <laughs> okay. All right, good. So now we, I feel better about it. I feel like it makes me feel better that, I'm a degenerate that sees it on Twitter and had maybe, maybe, because, maybe because I'm office office alignment, man. I yeah. really much I, I like the black ones. I like the white ones. You guys wear black and white pretty much every single game anyway. So I'm not sure why everyone freaks it. People want to just be upset about something. Let's be real. Um, <laughs> I want to, I want to guess finish with, with two questions here. One, you know, I know we talked about Q and Aaron Donald, these guys, is there a matchup? Do you like, when you look, you know, when the schedule will come out, obviously the opponents are out, but when the schedule actually comes out, do you in your head circle like, hey, I'm looking, I can't wait to play these two or three D linemen or 
these two or three teams. Like, do you look forward to that? Bryce Huff told me that, you know, I don't look forward to anything. It's the same game, which is such a Bryce answer because he's the most serious person I've ever met. But uh, <laughs> no, is there like a matchup or two you usually look forward to every year? Is it like, we just want to beat the Patriots? The, like, what is that? How does that kind of shape up? I mean, obviously, you know, you want to take care of your conference first, obviously, you know, um, you know, the Buffalo, the Patriots, all that, Miami. But, uh, you know, just looking at the schedule right now, you know, we have the two Super Bowl contenders on our schedule this year. So, um, obviously, you know, maybe candidates for primetime games. I don't know. But, uh, but you know, you, you look at those schedules and you see what you have and the opponents you have. Yeah, they're, they're, they're going to be some, uh, some, especially for me when I scout uh, teams in the offseason, they're going to be some really good defensive linemen to go against this year. So um, I'm excited, you know, especially working with our offensive line coach, uh, Keith Carter, how we're going to get this get line together and how we're going to prepare ourselves for those games. Yeah, I was going to I was going to ask you about that as a final question. Um, I was going to ask you about favorite Jamaican food you've gotten since you've been in New York, but you said you got some other ones to try. So I guess maybe the homemade ones. Yeah, usually... yeah. I'm, tr- I'm trying to get out there some more, man. I, you know, uh, I have I have people out there, uh, I have family out there, cousins out there, uncles and aunts. So I'm trying to get out there more, man. <laughs> no, we gotta, we gotta I get. Really, I really, I really gotta go try some of that. I heard Brooklyn got one of the, some of the best Jamaican food out there. Right, so we'll I, do it. next time. We'll do a pod. We'll just do a live eating Jamaican food. I'll test out some oh, stuff. You know, you know uh, I, got the grill, I got the grill right here too, yeah, man. Yeah, uh, yeah. We'll, we'll chef it up. We'll do it. We'll do something nice. And uh, no, I wanted to ask you quickly about Keith Carter because you worked with John Benton for obviously a long time. Um, is it is it that one of those situations where you've kind of had a lot of stability in terms of O-line coach, same O-line coach, similar offensive scheme and voice, and then similar head coach um, in terms of like a lot of the same voices? Is that is that a hard adjustment or is it like, dude, I'm in year nine. A lot of this stuff is a lot of the same terminology. It's just coming at work, build a good relationship with a new coach. I mean, you kind of, you know, put a hammer on a nail. Uh, obviously, you know, the relationship I have, you know, with a lot of these coaches goes way back to my fourth year in the league, you know what I'm saying? But uh, obviously, you know, we're, we're playing this business right now where, you know, coaches get flipped out just as much as the players do, you know what I'm saying? So um, obviously, you know, putting that aside, you know, you still got to come to work, you know, and obviously working with Keith Carter has been amazing, you know, uh, learning the way he, you know, he teaches the offensive line and working together with those guys in the room. So uh, all has been really, really good, man, so far in the in, in our room, so. Yeah, we we will take those Taylor Lewan comments and uh, as him being a little soft, so he, got, he got worried. He said he got worked too hard. I was like, "What?" I was like, he was like towards the end of the year. I I was like, that might have been a you problem. That may be you didn't work hard in the off season. But everyone else, he's like, yeah. Oh. I was like, a, he was like, he's a great coach. I just felt like I got overworked, and I was like, all right, man. Well, it is football, and back in the day, it was three days. So let's let's take the five yeah, two days of summer. They used to have three days back in the day, bro. Yeah, and these dudes were definitely on roids, beating, beating the <laughs> shit out of each other. Um, now it's like you can barely man, hit. Don't, don't say that, man. You know, not all of them was not all of them. Nah, there was just some couple dudes that was like, whoa. I was like, I would. I was like, I think I'm a pretty big dude. I'm 245 pounds. I think I would get run over. Um, no, I appreciate you taking some time. Obviously, you know, best of luck the rest of the off season. Um, and then, you know, and obviously we'll, we'll have you on again, but, um, yeah, continue to keep, uh, keep enjoying this thing and going into year nine and, and chasing, uh, chasing a title. Yes, sir. Appreciate you, man. Thanks for having me on, bro.